on my 22nd birthday, I had a, it was an absolutely fascinating opportunity, fascinating conversation. I had uh, I'd been flown on a private jet to meet with the CEO of the company that I was working for. I had, I had uh, I'd been fortunate enough to, to have a string of a number of, of really successful transactions as a salesperson for a technology company. And it got the attention of some corporate headhunters uh, and also the attention of the leadership of the company that I was working for. And they were concerned that maybe another firm, a competitor would be able to woo me away. And so, uh, so they flew me to meet to have dinner with the CEO of our company. And, and as we so we sat there, he, he said this, he said, you know, Ed, somebody at some point is going to take a chance on you and, uh, and they're going to make an awful lot of money. And he said, we need to be that company. We want to be that company. And so he talked to me about a, a, a job opportunity that would, that would move me from uh, central Illinois, where Jody and I were living, to Detroit, Michigan. And uh, with a lot of responsibility, uh, 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 a lot of opportunity to have a voice in, in really what at, at that time was a, uh, an industry that was just really starting to come online. And I, can I tell you, I was, I was blown away. Uh, first of all, I was intimidated to be sitting uh, uh, across the table from this man. Uh, more than that, the fact that they saw value in me, th- that just was amazing to me. We finished up our dinner and, and I, I thanked him so much. And, and uh, he asked me, he said, so, so what do you think? And I said, I, I'm honestly, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away that, that you would see this value in me. I appreciate it. And I said, if you'll just give me 24 hours uh, just to, to, to ponder and pray about it. And he had this puzzled look on his face. I think he wasn't convinced so much that I was going to pray as much as he thought maybe I might be wanting to look and see what my other options were, right? Not so much praying, but maybe talking to the competitors and seeing if maybe uh, I could leverage the offer that my current company had given me for a, a better position. And, uh, and he said, is there anything that I can do to really to get you to, to get you to commit now? And I said, I said, you know, honestly, I said, I will tell you that I'm a firm believer in responding, not reacting. Uh, and so I, I assure you, sir, if you'll just give me, uh, if you'll just give me uh, 24 hours, I'll have an answer for you. And so we said our goodbyes. I, I, it was, it was a, a very short ride from where we were having, where we were having dinner back to the airport. And uh, the, the plane was there waiting for me and I got back on the plane and it was a, it was a less than a 40 minute plane ride. But as I'm, as I'm in that plane and I'm looking out over the, the starry sky, I, I begin to pray. And this, is, this, is, this was pretty much verbatim my prayer. I said, God, that you would let me have this kind of opportunity is really amazing. And, and for a young man my age to have this kind of an open door, this has to be God. Because God, you need people in corporate America. Have you ever tried to tell God what he needed? Yeah, I said, I said, God, you really need people in corporate America. And, and, and God quickly responded and he said, I may need people in corporate America, but it's not you. It's not you. 
thought, wait a minute, I, I've, 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 you've, you, you've, you've blessed me in my role, I'm, I'm, I'm excelling, I'm, I'm being well re- recognized in the company, it's not you. And, and here's, here's what God spoke to me. He said, listen, don't get sidetracked by your position. Also, don't, don't get confused by your passions. Because I've called you for a purpose. I've called you for a purpose. The next day, I, I walked in to the office of uh, the regional president the, 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 who, was, who was my direct report at that point. And I said to him, I said, Larry, I said, I want you to know that I'm going to have to resign. He says, I know. He says, I, I know the, 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 uh, the offer that Rick and Atone made to you. And man, you would be a fool not to take it. And I said, well, then I'm a fool. I said, I need to resign because I know that the time has come that I need to look for a full-time position as a pastor. And I said, and it, it, it might take a month, it might take six months, I don't know how long it will take, but I, I have to be up front with you and let you know that that's the, that's the path that I have to go down. Uh, and so, um, if you want me, if you want me to clean up my desk today, I'll clean up my desk today. If I can sit around until I find a position, I, I would really prefer that. And I, I promise you that I'll be an employee, good employee. And he said, he said, I'm not surprised, but I don't get it. He said, because you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty, cra- pretty crazy about this Jesus thing. Um, so I'm not surprised, but I don't get it. He said, only a fool would turn down a position like that which you've been offered. And I said to him, I said, I can appreciate that. In reality, I'm not interested in a position because I know that I have to fulfill my purpose. Jesus, as he, as he is preparing to go into Jerusalem, into what we know is the triumphal entry, he said this. He said, it is for this purpose, or it is for this cause that I have been born. It is for this purpose or for this cause that I have been born. Recognize, friend, you are not an accident. Even those of you who, like me, maybe were a surprise to your parents. I'm the 12th of 13 children. I don't know of anyone who after six or seven children plans. You're just a result of the process. And can I tell you something? I was not a planned child. I was a processed child. And I'm comfortable with that because even though my parents didn't plan for me, God, before I was fashioned in my mother's womb, God knew me and had ordered my steps. And he had a purpose for me. And it doesn't matter what man has spoken over me. It doesn't matter what circumstances have tried to sway me. That purpose is paramount. The same thing was true with those whom Jesus approached at the beginning of his ministry. When he said, come follow me and I will make you. 
Come follow me and I will make you. We, if we're not careful, we can lose sight of what God's providential plan is for us. I want to let you on a little secret this morning. God has not called you to simply be a fan. He's not called you to simply be a fan. What does it look like to, be a simply, to simply be a fan? That's what Jesus experienced as he rode that donkey into Jerusalem at the beginning of what we now call Passion Week. And the crowds, the multitudes shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Behold the King of Israel! Jesus, because of all that he had accomplished, because of all that he was, he had developed a pretty sizable fan base. And it's easy to be a fan of Jesus, isn't it? Let's talk about what Jesus does. Jesus connects with the disconnected. He lifts up the downtrodden. He brings recovery of sight to the blind. He causes the lame man to walk. He offers new life to a woman at the well. He speaks freedom to a woman caught in adultery. Lazarus, he calls back from the grave. The son of the widow at Nain, he raises up out of the casket, even as they're carrying him out of the city gates to his burial site. I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty easy to be a fan of that kind of a person, right? Of that kind of a impact. That type of celebrity. Jesus was a, he was a big deal, right? And crowds followed him everywhere. There were occasions where Jesus would, he would, he would say things that didn't sit real well with the fans. They loved him when, when he fed them, right? When he fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, and then later when he fed another 4,000 men plus women and children. They were, they were big fans of that. But there were moments when, when Jesus would communicate a hard message, and here's what you would find. You'd find that the fans would fade into the background, and what would be left would be the followers. Follower, that, that, that sounds better. In fact, isn't that what Jesus said to his disciples? Come, follow me. But even the followers, when times got difficult, in fact, Jesus said this on the night that he was betrayed. He said, all of you, even those of you that are closest to me, my closest followers, all of you will abandon me. Peter said, oh, I, if it costs me my very life, I will not abandon you. To which Jesus responded and said, oh, Peter, Peter, <laughs> before the rooster crows, you will deny me not once, not twice, 
but three times. To become a follower of Jesus is not the destination to which he's called you. It's not your destiny. Your destiny is not to be a follower of Jesus. Can I, can I offer this this morning? One of the concerns that I have of the contemporary church is we're creating a massive amount of Jesus fans. And even a few followers. But Jesus says this. In the, in, in, the, in the upper room there on the night that he's betrayed, he says this in John chapter 14. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. He says, listen, I'm going to make sure there's a room in the big family house. He goes on to say this. He says, I no longer call you servants. I no longer call you followers. I now call you friends. It's another step in the process, in the journey that God is taking them on, right? They go from unfamiliar to fan to follower, and now to friend. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, consequently, you are no longer strangers, foreigners, aliens. No, no, no. Here's what you are. You are citizens of God's kingdom, members of God's family. Members of God's family, members of God's very own household. And that's what God makes available to us, the opportunity to be members of his very own household. And with that, with that comes purpose. Jesus also, in that upper room, he said this. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. It's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Ephesians 2.10, just before Paul makes the comment that we're members of God's family, he also makes this declaration, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. On, on Friday, my daughter Lauren and I, we, uh, we flew to Illinois uh, to surprise my niece who was in a high school musical. And when we were home for Christmas, I told her that I was going to come and see her in her high school musical. And she said, yeah, right. Like, you'd really come from Florida to see my high school musical. And uh, I had, with, with, with business travel, I had enough frequent flyer miles. And so, uh, and I knew, what I, I knew that when I, when I promised her this, I knew that I would have enough frequent flyer miles. I knew I was coming. So I told Lauren, I said, we're going to go see this high school musical. I know you're all jealous that I went to see a high school musical and you didn't get to go. I can appreciate that because I know that we're all huge fans of high school musicals. Yes, incredible. Broadway. No. High School Musical, I'm there in a heartbeat. Right? But we went. And you, you know what's, 
what's, what's fascinating to me, when I go home, even though it's not where I currently reside, when I pull into my parents' driveway, it's, it's not the home that they lived in uh, when I was younger. Well, in fact, I, I, this, this is a family that adopted me in when I was a homeless teenager at the age of 16. So this isn't, this isn't the homestead I grew up in. And, and in fact, they moved not too long after Jody and I got married. But there's something about it that it's home. And, and when, I, when I walk in the door, I'm comfortable in, in, in putting down my suitcase and I'm comfortable in walking into the kitchen and opening up the refrigerator. Now, A.B., if I were to, to go to your house this afternoon, if I were to walk into your house and go, man, thanks for having me over, and I walked into your kitchen and opened up your refrigerator, even though you would be someone who would have great, uh, just a great attitude, great disposition of hospitality, that would be a little bit different, wouldn't it? Okay? Do most of the people that come to your house, do they just walk into your kitchen and open up your refrigerator? Hmm, this looks good. But here's part of what made that work. So when we got there, here's what my mom said. My mom said this. She said, okay, I want you to know that I've got, I put some diet cream soda in the refrigerator for you. And I also put some of your colored drink in there. Colored, colored drink. Uh, the, the, the Powerade, little bottles of Powerade. She called it the colored drink. So I, I also put some of that colored drink in there for you. There was, there was stuff in the refrigerator in the anticipation of my coming. Because my parents were thrilled that Lauren and I were coming home. Family. That's what God offers you today. He offers you family and he offers you purpose. Family, purpose. Family, purpose. Well, what, is that, what does that look like to be, to be fully engaged in family? I want you to do this. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to open it to Galatians chapter 6. And, uh, and actually, at the end of Galatians chapter 5, it tells us this. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us live by the Spirit. And because we are living by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God wants us to walk this life in harmony with Him, in agreement with the plan that He has for us. You did not choose me, He says. I chose you. What does that plan look like? You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to bear much fruit, fruit that will last. It's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. I tell you this, he says, so that my joy may be in you and that joy may be complete. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. And recognize this, friend, that God has not called you to do good works because he needs you to do something. See, that's what I didn't get. It's what I didn't understand, what I didn't comprehend when I was on that plane flying from Chicago, Illinois, back to central Illinois. 
And I tried to explain to God what He needs. God, you need me in corporate America. And God was gracious in His response. He says, I may need people in corporate America, but I don't need you. Because He wasn't… He wasn't so much concerned about the task as it was for me to fulfill my purpose. And you have a purpose. You have a purpose. If you're here this morning and you have acknowledged the reality of Jesus Christ, if you've recognized the fact that your life is incomplete without Him, and you've said yes to Him, then you have begun the journey to live out your purpose. But saying yes to Jesus is not the fulfillment of living out your purpose. I thought about that plane ride the evening of my 22nd birthday. I thought about that plane ride as I was traveling last night from Atlanta back to Orlando. And once again, I found myself looking out an airplane window. And it was It was dusk when we arrived in Orlando. And as I looked out the window, I saw all the the Saturday evening activity of Orlando. I I thought about the 1.9 million people in our metro area who don't know Jesus. The 1.9 million people who won't be in church the following day. The 1.9 million people that if their life were to come to an end in the next 24 hours, that they would slip from time into eternity and go to a Christless experience. Eternal damnation. And I was reminded of what God spoke to me 31 years ago. You are called to a purpose. says this in Galatians chapter 6. It says, brother, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions, then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself or to, to, to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instructions in the Word 
must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who seeps to please his, or sows to please his sinful nature, uh, he, he will, uh, from, from, from that same spirit, right, he will reap. He will reap destruction. The one that sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Purpose. Purpose. Here's your purpose. Your purpose is to bring restoration and hope to those around you. Our purpose is to bring restoration and hope to those around us. If I live by the Spirit, if I, if I profess to be a Christ follower, then my purpose is to bring restoration to those around me who have found themselves in a position where they are disconnected from God, that have found themselves with a disposition where they are struggling, who have found themselves in a situation where it seems like they can't get out on their own. We are in the restoration business. That's what God has called us to do. That's who God has called us to be. His church is not supposed to be a haven for the holy. It's supposed to be a hospital for the sick. I'm going to say that again because it deserves a better amen. His church is not supposed to be a haven for the holy. It's to be a hospital for the sick. It's the reason why God calls us to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. It's easy... It's easy to say, God, I'd love to do that, but I am, I am barely keeping my own head above water. God, I'm, I'm way too busy. Uh, maybe I can get to it in time. If you've been around here, you've heard me say this, that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. See, we, 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 have this, we have this mandate from God that we're supposed to respond to those around us. And, and here's, here's what I want to offer you. Are you ready? If you, are, if you currently find yourself in a situation where you're feeling overwhelmed, if you currently find yourself at a place in life where you are, are constantly battling with a sense of not having enough, Here's what you're going to find. You're going to find this. When you step into God's plan for you, that's where you're going to find energy. That's where you're going to find provision. That's where you're going to find joy. That's where you're going to find true fulfillment. And you're busy and you're struggling with all of these wrong things. And God brought you here this morning to say this, that I want you to live by the Spirit. And by the way, if you live by the Spirit, what you're going to find is this. 
You're going to find that your life is going to be filled with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the things that are going to flow into your life as you live by the Spirit. And as you live by the Spirit, you're going to find as well, there are going to be opportunities for you to respond to those around you that are struggling, recognizing the need in their life. And being there to encourage them, being there to help them, being there to help lift them up, right? Carry each other's burdens, Galatians 6.2 says. And that when we do that, what happens is we fulfill the law of Christ. Recognizing that it's not about us. It's not about our recognition. It's, it's not about someone complimenting us. Over and over again, God's Word says this. It says, be careful. Be careful that you don't allow yourself to become too big in your own eyes. It's repeated here in, in Galatians chapter 6. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. God, I can, I can get to where I ca- I'm caught up with the busyness of my life or thinking, you know what? Yeah, I see this need, but God, that's beneath me. It's beneath me. When... Uh, When God and I had that conversation on that, on that plane, one of the things that I really struggled with was the idea of stepping away from a position where as a, as a 22-year-old uh, that I had the opportunity to have significant influence. I, at the time, at 22 years of age, I already had, I had eight people that worked for me. All of them were older than me and all of them were more educated than I was. And can I tell you, I was pretty proud of that. I was proud that I had, at 22 years of age, that I had already achieved that measure of success within our, our company. And the idea of stepping away from that, I really didn't like all that much. So I... Uh, I shared with a couple of people that I was, that I was wanting to do this. I was wanting to transition from, from being in, in, in the business world and the corporate world to, to go vocationally into church ministry. And, uh, and very quickly, Jody and I, we had an interview with this church in Kansas. It was a church of about 500 people. They wanted us to come to be, her, be their youth pastor. And uh, the interview really, it, it, went, it, went, it went really well. Uh, the pastor told me at the end of the interview, he said, listen, you're my guy. I'm going to hire you. You're absolutely our guy. He said, I got a couple of our board members that are concerned that you're too young. And so they wanted me to interview one more person and I'm gonna interview one more person to make them happy, but it's your job. And I was like, of course it's my job. Do you know who I am? Let me explain something to you. I'm a guy who's turning down a mid six-figure salary to come and be the youth pastor at your church. You're lucky to have me. Yeah, That's, that was my thought. A week later, he calls me and he said, uh, hey, just want to let you know we hired the other guy. <laughs> really? Good for you. A few, 
few weeks after that, we were, Jody and I drove from central Illinois to Atlantic, Iowa, a small town church, a seven, our town of 7,000 people. Uh, it is, it's an hour from a, a shopping mall, <laughs> tiny. And we go and we meet with the leadership of this church, and it's a small church, it's a small little youth ministry. Um, the, the entire church building, well, the sanctuary was as big as these two sections of seats. The entire church building would fit in front of the break aisle. And, uh, and they asked me, uh, they, they, they say, you know, Matt, we're glad that you're here. Uh, we would love for you to come be our youth pastor. And uh, you know what? And here's the thing. We're glad. We're, we can pay you full time. $125 a week. That's big money. Whew. I'm going from opportunity for six figures to $125 a week. And I, God, really, God? Really? God, do you forget that six weeks ago I was on a private jet? This is, this is really what, where you want me to be? Fast forward about, <clears throat> about 14 years. I have another church. It's time for me to go from being a staff pastor to being a lead pastor. And I have a church about 500, between 400 and 500, that, um, that, that calls me and says, hey, we, we believe that you're supposed to be our next pastor. And so it's all set up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to be their pastor. And uh, God says, no, you're not going there. You're going to South Sioux City, Nebraska. A town of... 7,000, sound eerily familiar? A church of, of 100 people. It was 100 people when I got there. I was, when I was voted in, it was 100 people. The next Sunday, it was 65 people. That's how popular I was. <laughs> I had ministry friends come to visit, and they said, Ed, what did you do to make God mad that he sent you here? But the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And God, God knew this. God knew that if he placed me as a youth pastor right out of the gate into a church of 500 people, that it would go to my head. He knew as a lead pastor, God knew this. God knew that he wanted to bring me to Orlando, that he wanted me to pastor this church. And he knows that he wants this church to be full, not full, not for one service, not for two services, but for three services on a Sunday morning. And he understood the process that he had to take me through so that I could ultimately fulfill the purpose that he has called me to and to make sure that I didn't get caught up in thinking that it's somehow about me and not about him. And, and, and that's, that's what God's Word speaks to us about in Galatians chapter 6, when it says, listen, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But recognize what it is that, that God wants to accomplish through you. By the way, I would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out Galatians, um, Galatians 6, 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Going to verse 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 
just want to challenge you that, that to, to, to live the life that God has called you to live, it also, it, it, it involves resourcing the ministry. With your time, your talent, and your treasury. And then Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time, recognizing those moments. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.